Welcome to Horse Tracks, a feature of Mile High Broncos Podcast, part of the Fans First Sports Network. Here's what's happening in Broncos country. Good morning, Broncos country. This is Christopher Hart of Mile High Report and the Fans First Network. Joined this morning with Jess Place, also of Mile High Report. Uh, it's Super Bowl week. The Broncos aren't in the Super Bowl, but the Chiefs are. They're going to be playing the 49ers. So we're going to be talking Super Bowl this podcast. We'll be talking about a little bit of Broncos news. There really hasn't been much news, but recently uh, Christian Parker, our defensive backs coach, is going to the Philadelphia Eagles. So I kind of want to get Jess's thoughts on that, my thoughts on that, and anything else that organically comes in the conversation we'll talk about. So thanks for tuning in. And Jess, how are you? I am ready to talk some Taylor Swift. I cannot get enough. Either you're for her, you're against her, or you're just mad that you have to have this conversation around the Super Bowl. It's the Super Bowl. And, And here we are. It's not well, the Taylor Swift Bowl, but they're trying to make it be one, right? It is driving me bananas. It's like being hit over the head with a baseball bat every time you open your eyes. Are you really upset about it? Like the whole Taylor Swift just being a, a big part of what's going on with the NFL? Because first and foremost, I'm a musician. I like to play music. I love listening to music. I can't even tell you one Taylor Swift song. That might be bad. That might be good. I don't know. But... I guess it doesn't really necessarily bother me too much, but it's just like, holy cow. Like, I don't know. It's it's like if you were like a really big, like symphony fan and you, you like, you love the symphony and like, and it was like the big, like, it was like the biggest symphony event of the year. And you, and you like look forward to it. Never mind the fact that the chiefs are in the biggest symphony event of the year. We'll get to that later, but it, you you look forward to it, and and all that people can talk to you about is like this favorite author of theirs who is really irrelevant to anything really going on in the symphony. And it's like this author, this author, and it's like I, it's not that I'm mad about. I'm not mad at her. I'm not against Taylor Swift. I'm not for Taylor Swift. I'm just exhausted from having to have the Taylor Swift conversation every five minutes. Yeah, it's wild. It's it's everywhere you look, social media, on television even. Like, I don't have cable TV, but, like, you turn on my smart TV and you want to even go to YouTube. And I don't even search Taylor Swift stuff, but, like, since I'm a football fan, like, the first five videos on my YouTube feed are Taylor Swift in the Super Bowl or Swifties gearing up for their Super Bowl party, which is great. I mean, the more fans in the NFL, the merrier. But it's just like, whew. I don't know. I, 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 I guess I don't understand it. I'm not going to get mad about it, but it, it's whatever. It's just a phenomenon. Who knows? It's exhaustion. It's just, I, I don't care anymore. <laughs> All right. So what we do care about, though, yes. is we'll get into some Broncos news first before we kind of turn our trajectory towards the Super Bowl. Uh, the only real big news that has happened recently in Broncos country since the end of the season is the fact that defensive backs coach Christian Parker will be departing the Denver Broncos to head to Philadelphia to join the Eagles staff, coincidentally, or perhaps not coincidentally at all, under former Broncos head coach Vic Fangio, who is now their defensive coordinator, who first hired Christian Parker into the NFL uh, while he was with the Packers previously, but brought him on staff with the Broncos 
uh, some years ago in 2021. So I was just kind of wondering what you thought about that move. If you feel that it's a big loss for the Broncos or what do you see happening here with Christian Parker departing to perhaps greener pastures with the Eagles? Literally greener. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you'd asked me three weeks ago, my thoughts on Christian Parker, I would have been like, ah, let me get back to you because I, I, he, he's not exactly a top of mind person that most fans think about or know. Um, it's interesting that we haven't heard really th anything in, in context of uh, Patrick Sertan's feelings. Like it, there's been, it's been, there's been nothing really. I mean, you really haven't heard sure. anything uh, positive or negative. Um, which, I mean, read into that what you will. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Like, it, it, yeah, it, the reunion with Vic Fangio is great. Uh, did he not get along well with Vance Joseph? Like, what is what is the, the backstory, the dramatic backstory there? Is there one? Does it really matter? I, I, I don't know if the Broncos are in a position where, like, really like a, uh, a coordinator, a coach like that, um, is, is worth really a lot of hand wringing. Uh, Mike, Mike, uh, my counterpoint on, uh, something, something Broncos, uh, found it more alarming that it's, it's, it's more of these, of these like gifted young coaches that are, 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 are fleeing <laughs> the Broncos. Um, and we're not, we're not really attracting, uh, that young kind of innovative talent. It seems to be coming to Denver and then immediately leaving. Yeah, the, the interesting part about it for me is obviously the Fangio connection is there, but even after Fangio was dismissed as head coach, he stuck around. And you look at the development of the defensive back room. I mean, obviously, Justin Simmons was an established player, uh, a great player before Fangio was even here, before Christian Parker was even here. But then you look at Patrick Sertan being a quality player, uh, a really good NFL player, but he was a great prospect. So you know, you think of stuff like Jaquan McMillan having a phenomenal year this season uh, after Isain Bassey started off the year and was just absolutely horrendous. Jaquan McMillan comes in at the, the nickel position, does really well, performs really well. You know, we saw Caden Stearns look good when he was available to play. Unfortunately, for since even dating back to high school, the University of Texas, and now with the Broncos, hasn't been able to stay healthy. Guys like P.J. Locke, and their limited time in defensive snaps actually look pretty good. So you have to think that at some point in time, if you did ask those players, whether it's Simmons or Tan, et cetera, what do you think of Christian Parker? I'm going to guess that they're going to say nice things about him. I think that all things considered, you know, watching the Broncos this year and the defense had a rough goal of it for a while, but toward the end of the year, kind of put it together. But for the secondary to actually be that good this year, considering the front four or the defensive front seven's not good, I kind of do think it speaks volumes to Christian Parker's ability to come up with coverages, come up with the best ways to play opposing offenses when you don't have a premier pass rush or a really great defensive line. So like you said, I mean, I'm curious what the backstory is. I mean, you don't really have to wring hands about it too much, but it's just like, you know, for the past couple of cycles, even last year, you know, being a part of the NFL coaching accelerator program, you know, everyone seems to. Are you there? Yeah, that was oh, weird. I, 
So I just blacked out there for a second. And no, I think my internet dropped out. I, I don't, we live in both, we both are in pretty rural areas. So, uh, I can, I can only, we'll blame it. We'll blame it on uh, lack of infrastructure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I was saying, it just, it just kind of be interesting to see why he went to a different team. Uh, maybe he wasn't too happy in Denver. I don't want to guess what the guy was feeling, but more or less, I think maybe he just reunited, you know, with Vic Pangio is maybe the deal there. So, uh, haven't even really well, heard. And let's him. be honest. The Broncos aren't a team on the cusp of greatness. Like it's not like the, the, the Russell Wilson, the, the lack of draft picks, the everything is it, it's time to pay the piper and the writings on the wall. That it's going to be a couple of years before normalcy kind of returns. Yeah. And, and, and that's what I was also wanted to talk about because I saw what you wrote for horse tracks the other day. What is the plan is patience, a part of the plan. And obviously Everyone uh, on staff like was participating in the state of the Broncos series. And whether it was I who wrote something or anyone else, it's just like, we're not being overtly negative. We're being very realistic, looking at these position groups on the team and saying, hey, man, there's a whole lot of nothing in a lot of these places. And first and foremost, we don't have a franchise quarterback. After trading all those picks, all those players, investing all they did in Russell Wilson, unfortunately, it just did not turn out so we don't, I mean, I like to be optimistic about the Broncos, but I also like to be realistic. And I think we're facing a situation that, you know, the sooner that the Broncos come up with a plan for the quarterback position, the better. But they're on the outside looking in, whether it's a, a Caleb Williams or a Drake May or a Jaden Daniels in the draft. They're the top three teams with the Bears, the Commanders, and the Patriots all need a quarterback. So what could the Broncos even do to entice those teams to want to trade back when they're just as desperate as we are for a franchising caller. And on top of all the other needs, the dead cap, not having picks because we had to trade picks for a head coach. Um, unless the Broncos move down and come up with some sort of magic work in free agency, it's just really hard to see that they're going to be that much more improved for 2024 to be a legitimate contender. And I mean, I give Peyton a lot of credit for the 2023 season, turning this from like a three, four win team to eight wins, giving what he inherited on the roster, which was not an ideal situation. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But with that being said, this weekend, we get to watch two teams who are really good, who've got their poop in the group that are playing in the Super Bowl. So I guess I would like to ask you, what's your Super Bowl prediction? How do you see Sunday's game playing out? Well, I really want the 49ers to win, and I'm really excited about that. I I, I find myself rooting against the Chiefs in Super Bowls a lot lately, and it, it hasn't really gone my way much. <laughs> yeah. But um, but I, I, I will pick the, uh, the 49ers. I think it's as much as I would love it to be 56 to 10, a, uh, a four, resounding 49ers victory, just, just that much better than that 55 to 10 loss that we had against them um, back in 1989. Um, I, was two, I, I was two years old. <laughs> uh, well, let me tell you, it was, it was, uh, it's, that's the kind of loss that kind of sticks with you. And here I am rooting for them in yet another Super Bowl. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I honestly think it's going to be like 19 to 10 and I don't think it's going to be a barn burner. 
I think, um, I think, I, I think I'm t- going to be totally wrong, and uh, it's going to be pro- one, of the, one of the greatest games ever. And the Chiefs will probably win, and and I will be sad. And but yeah. that's okay. I, I I'm a Broncos fan. I'm used to being sad. I'm feeling kind of the opposite view. Like I'm hoping for a 49ers victory, and that's who I'm going to predict to win. San Francisco, hoist the Lombardi. Kyle Shanahan, who could have been our head coach. It's going to be beautiful watching him hoist that Lombardi trophy up in the air. Uh, 31 to 27, 49ers over the Chiefs. I do think it's going to be relatively high scoring. I think we're going to see a lot of action. Uh, both really good offenses and honestly, really good defenses for the most part. So I'm excited to see how it plays out. But I think when you compare the rosters, I mean, obviously the big dichotomy here is on one hand, you have Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick in the 2022 NFL draft supplants Trey Lance from my alma mater, NDSU, who the 49ers several years ago traded three first-round picks and then some to move up for, and after like a year and three games gave up on him. So, I mean, it's quite the Cinderella story to see Brock Purdy from uh, a guy who almost went undrafted out of Iowa State to a couple of years later, man, just to be in the position that he is playing for a Super Bowl against Patrick Mahomes, who, and obviously we've been around for a long time. We've seen a lot of great NFL quarterbacks. Obviously we had Peyton Manning in Denver. We had John Elway in Denver. We can name off great quarterbacks that the Broncos had played against over the years. But I honestly think just because he's still so young and just what he's accomplished and just how great he is, Patrick Mahomes just might be the best quarterback I ever saw. So if there is one big difference in the game, that definitely weighs in the Chiefs. Yeah, I, I, yeah. <laughs> I'm making faces over here. Right. right. Yeah. No, Let, I get let's, it. Yeah. let's not. I, I mean, let's. I mean, sure, Patrick Mahomes is fine. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> let's not. Yeah. Let's not crown him yet. You know. I mean. Well, I guess side uh, side conversation to all this. What is worse, in your opinion, just how bad the Broncos have been for eight years? or the fact that the Chiefs are just so good that they're playing for multiple Super Bowls in such a short period of time. Like, what makes your stomach burn more? Well, we've had a part in it up until this year. We've allowed them to to run all over us, walk all over us on the way to the Super Bowl. Like, it, it's them it's helpful. Though. We finally beat them. We finally we beat did. Them. Yeah. But it's, it's helpful that they get to stomp the guts out of the Broncos and the Raiders and the Chargers on their way to the playoffs. And, and really all they have to do is catch lightning in the bottle uh, in the playoffs and, and, and they're off to the races. And, and, and that's, I think what they've done. I, you know, I'm, and, and, and fortunately for, for us and, and everyone else in the NFL, that's all you really need is like get hot in the playoffs and, and ride it to a championship. And, and I feel like that's what they've done. I, I don't believe that they're a good team. Like, like you said, we beat them earlier this year. They were not a good. They scored what nine points? Like, yeah, that's where I get my score prediction from. It's like it. it, it I think the 49ers are better than the Broncos. <laughs> I think I think the 49ers yes. can play a little better defense and probably play a lot better offense, um, and 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 come out on top. Like, I mean, why? It, 
why wouldn't that be the case? I mean, unless unless there are severe mismatches that we're just not seeing, uh, which would be entirely possible, I would defer to you for that sort of analysis. Um, I, I I don't I just don't see uh, the 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 exploitation and the the explosive scores and 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 the like. So yeah, I mean, and I agree with you that the 49ers, like top to bottom throughout, you know, a holistic overlook on on the roster have a better team, but the, the one matchup that really, really, really concerns me is Chris Jones going up against their right tackle. And I can't, his name evades me right now, but he replaced Mike McGlinchey, who is now a Denver Bronco. Chris Jones is just, he's just a world beater. He's just one of the best in the game in the defensive trenches. Like I think of great players through the course of history and he's just, a really, really, really good player. He reminds me, uh, like Calais Campbell, who was from Denver originally, but played all those years in the league. Yeah, Chris Jones is just a game wrecker. So all it takes is for him to have like one or two big plays, a strip sack, something like that, that could change the tide of the game. So that's something that I'm a little bit worried about. But, you know, as you said, I think, uh, comprehensively like the 49ers are a much better team but you watch the nfc championship game the lions like the lions had them dead to rights in the first half and then somehow miraculously kyle shanahan and his guys rallied and came back and won so well dan campbell gave him every opportunity to come back and win it and they took they capitalized and so right. Yeah, they they need to go for the throat, just like they did against the Lions, and and good things will happen for them. Yeah, I mean, the 49ers cannot start the Super Bowl this weekend on Sunday the way that they did against the Lions and come back and beat the Chiefs. I just don't think that's possible. Uh, just given the fact that the Lions were a really good team, and I'm I'm really proud of the Lions. It was nice to see the Lions finally be solid and get that far after just like 30 years of just being terrible, like wasting Barry Sanders away, wasting Calvin Johnson, who is arguably the greatest wide receiver prospect of all time, just uncanny numbers, size, speed, athleticism coming out of Georgia tech and wasting, you know, his career in a sense. And it's, but that's what they, that's what they're known for. They wasted Barry Sanders, you know, it's Detroit. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Detroit. you know, the, it's uh, you know, uh, Matt Millen country. Right. <laughs> but, and, and the 49ers were able to get away with one against the Lions because the Lions really hadn't been there yet. But Andy Reid, and you're going to probably make faces again. Uh, I have the utmost respect for Andy Reid because he is arguably probably a top three coach in, in NFL history. He's been an offensive mastermind. It, it didn't even really matter who he ever had at quarterback. He was able to find ways to make things work with whoever he had. And I thought he was better with the Eagles. <laughs> yeah. we, we wish that Andy Reid was still coaching the Eagles. I know. Like, um, uh... you know, and it just like and I know that Broncos country does not like hearing this, but uh the Chiefs have been there before and Patrick Mahomes has been there before, and there are a lot of guys in that locker room who know how to win. They've been there before. So the, the, the margin of error for the 49ers in this game compared to the NFC Championship game is much slimmer, in, in my opinion. But as I said, and I agree with you, just kind of one thinks it's low scoring, one thinks it's going to be high scoring. I think the 49ers are going to prevail. 
and, and maybe a little bit of that hope and belief comes from the fact that I just can't deal with the Chiefs winning again. It's it upsets the balance of of championships in the AFC West, which we all know that the Broncos should get their fourth before the Chiefs. Come on, yeah, like true. I don't. I don't. I certainly not the rate. I mean, remember there was a time when when the Raiders were the 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 the, the trophy leader. They had three. The Chiefs had one, and we had zero. And of course, the Chargers. Who cares about them? But yeah. Uh, and, and, and then slowly we ticked up and then we joined them and then the chiefs joined us. And, yeah. and I don't like that. And, and I don't want them to pull ahead. Like th- this is not 1970. Like yeah. it's, it's time for, uh, you know, it, it's got, it's. Do the no chargers more. even have a trophy case or is it just like a shoebox and grandma's now? Okay. They won an AFL championship. <laughs> once. Okay. So, yeah, they actually do have a championship. Wasn't born. Doesn't matter. It, it's, it's from the sixties and you know, they, back in the days of Lance Allworth, uh, you know, it, it, they, they were something and, and then they weren't and, and I'm okay with that. But now they got Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. Yeah, and all the headaches the that he brings. Yeah, but 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 you could say that, and that's your opinion. But there were so many people, and I I don't remember, you know, last year, or, or I mean, even you know or what you were thinking with the coaching search. I mean, a lot of people were in Jim Harbaugh's corner. Were you oh yeah, I was too. Yeah, one hundred. But now you're not. No. Oh no, no. Because he's the coach of the Chargers. He's, he's the coach of the Chargers. Why would I why would I be in his corner now? <laughs> I retract anything prior that I said about <laughs> the guy. Anything positive I never He's read. a scumbag charger guy. He's a cheater. He, he's a charger Ooh. now. He's a relative. Yeah. Well he Pete Carroll his way out of Michigan. I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure there's plenty plenty of bodies he's leaving behind that will never be discovered. Yeah. But yeah, I mean metaphorically. I, 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 metaphorically sure sure wink wink um yeah see and that's the thing you know i mean obviously it's super bowl we i mean we've been talking you know about the broncos and getting back to relevancy and if they're going to compete you know it's now jim harbaugh i mean he's been successful pretty much everywhere he's went and this was a guy that was able to get colin kaepernick in that offense to a super bowl with the, with the 49ers and now he's got justin herbert who is not the most talented quarterback he's ever had to play for him because he coached Andrew Luck at Stanford. But that whole team, and they've got some problems to deal with as well, but him being there, I think, instantly improves that franchise. And really, considering it's the Chargers, they have nowhere to go but up. So that adds another wrench into the, when will the Broncos be good again? Well, yeah, it's... There are there are teams that are further on the rise than the Broncos are, and unfortunately, that's just the way it's going to be until we get our house in order. It's it's a mess. It's still a mess. So it's and it's going to be a mess for a while. So yeah, I, it, but you know the draft is coming up, free agency is coming up. I mean, there there's a lot to look forward to. I mean, I'm still excited. It, it's wait, Chris, you know, you've got a show. You've got a show coming out. I do have on the on the fans for sports network. Mile High Broncos, you got a show. Yes. What's it called? Tell us what it is. It's good to give us all the details. So one of my passions with Mile High Report and just football in general, ever since I've really started watching, I mean, just watching the team building process, watching the draft, 
man, I could talk for hours about drafts that the Broncos had that just pissed me off. I remember all those years ago when Maurice Claret was coming out of Ohio State. And Mike Shanahan was still coaching the team. And obviously, Mike Shanahan is known for finding running backs in the wild, anywhere. It didn't matter. I mean, it could have been my grandma he could have picked up off the street. Had Your grandma can up. carry the rock. Yeah, she could have broke off 2,000 yards in this system. You know, I mean, but here's the deal. So he drafted Maurice Claret, who ended up being suspended from Ohio State for a lot of different reasons and was not in football shape, uh, had a disastrous performance at the combine. He ran like a 4-8. Like, I mean, he was just not in football shape. But I think that there was a little bit of arrogance to Mike Shanahan saying like, hey, anybody can, you know, Ruben Drones, Landis Gary, Selvin Young, Mike Bell. I mean, gosh, we could just name names forever. They all, you know, succeed in our system, you know, and, and I mean, Maurice Claret was phenomenal, but he didn't play that year. And at the same time, he didn't make the team. He was cut before the end of training camp because he, he, he pretended to be hurt. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and it did not work out well. I mean, of all time draft busts, obviously, since it, it was, was like a, the third round of, of 2004. Five third round compensatory selection. So yeah, it, it last was, pick. It, it was the last yeah. pick of the third round. Yes, it was. And uh, I'm a South Dakota boy. I'm a North Dakota boy. I'm a Dakotan. But right next door to us is the University of Minnesota. Uh, a lot of good players have come from the University of Minnesota. The Golden Gophers had a lot of connections to Mike Shanahan and his staff at the time, operating his own blocking scheme West Coast offense. And they had a prospect by the name of Marion Barber the Third who, I mean, there couldn't have been a more Mike Shanahan back in that draft to pick. And, you know, I'm sitting in my basement. I'm a teenager. I'm like a junior or senior in high school at the time. And I'm just sitting there like, come on, come on. I'm, I'm a, No big screen TVs. This is like a 32-inch CRT TV. So I thought I was rich and living life because a 32-inch TV back in the day for a teenager was the Ritz. You know, like, come on, Marion Barber. Come on, Marion Barber. You know, with the 99th or 100th pick in the 2005 NFL draft, the Denver Broncos select Maurice Claret? Like, no. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that, that's just a, this is a huge side conversation for the show. But uh, Future Broncos is the tentative title of the show. I'm going to be bringing on a lot of people. You're welcome to join. Other people are welcome to join. Talking about the offseason, what the Broncos can do to get better. We'll be delving into free agency. Obviously, the Broncos don't have a lot of cap space, but, you know, some hidden gems, some guys out there that at a position need, the Broncos could add and, you know, it'll help them be competitive. And more than anything, I love the draft. You know, you, you and I have known each other a long time, and it's kind of the reason that uh, I was at Bronco Talk, my report, just doing the draft type stuff. I like talking about prospects. I like you know, putting my name behind stuff, what I think about players and looking back, you know, five years later, hey, I was right about that guy or man, I was way wrong about that guy. Uh, Josh Allen would be one of those guys. So it's going to be a show for, you know, for the off season for right now, based on free agency, what the Broncos are going to do to get better draft type stuff. It's, it's, it's going to be really nice. And there are some other folks that I've talked to out there who have their own shows, but are, are great in that respect too, that I'd like to have as guests to come on and, and share their thoughts because 
you know, as much as I like talking about my thoughts for what the Broncos can do to get better, which we're all looking forward to, you know, hopefully they do. Uh, it's great to hear what other people have to say too. So I'm looking forward to that. Well, I accept your offer of being on your new show and I am excited. Um, <clears throat> hopefully we're going to have to do a mock draft. You're going to have to tell us who the Broncos should pick, et cetera. You're going to have to it's start Marion Barber. Marion Barber. So, so it's oh. funny that you say that, though. So, so, you know, I mean, I don't know if the listeners know. I'm 36 years old. And it's so crazy for me to see, like, Patrick Sertan on the Broncos, like, and being like, okay, I'm 36, but I watched his dad play for the Miami Dolphins with Sam Madison. And then Jeremiah Trotter, if you remember him, his kid is in the draft this year. And Asante Samuel's kid was in the draft a couple of years ago who was picked by the Chargers. It's like part of me thinking that I'm getting old is relative to the fact that, man, there are draft prospects playing for my team here in the NFL that are children of players I idolized growing up. It's just like, damn. Oh, yeah. No, I, I remember watching the VHS of the of the Packers Super Bowl and being like, who's that goofy kid holding the cable behind Coach Shanahan? <laughs> and now it's he's playing in the Super Bowl. Uh, he's coaching the Super Bowl. Uh, this 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 weekend yeah uh, so yeah it, no it's it's totally weird my name my cat he's he's gonna be 20 on easter i named my cat mccaffrey after ed mccaffrey because he retired in 2004 when i got the cat the cat was a kitten the cat's now 20 I, people are like you named your cat after after christian mccaffrey i'm like no i named it after his dad and so anyway Eddie, cat's doing great number Thanks 87 have some respect <laughs> cat's doing Eddie great Matthews. cat's got the mustard what can yeah. i say and, and it's crazy because i mean his his son luke is now coming out of the draft uh you know played for rice he was at nebraska but transferred it's just like okay like if i had to put money on who is going to pick luke mccaffrey in this draft it's got to be the 49ers it's got to be and I'd like to see him here because, I mean, he was from Denver. He attended Valor Christian. He was from Highlands Ranch. It's like it would be sweet to to have him on the team. I mean, wide receiver is a, uh, a need position for the team. But, yeah, it's it's one of those things. And that's why I love talking football because you make a lot of memories that way. And uh, this stuff is special to me. It's something I'm passionate about. And I love talking Broncos in the postgame stuff, even though the Broncos just have been terrible this past year. Uh, I love talking anything. <laughs> yes, Broncos. just this last year they've been terrible. You know, eight years now. I mean, <laughs> it, it was funny because I was tweeting out stuff the other day just about the Broncos in general and kind of reminiscing on the Super Bowl against the Seahawks. And, you know, I was with friends at the time, as we all gather with friends and family for the Super Bowl. It's something to be with the people that you love watching it. And the moment that snap sailed past Peyton Manning's head from Manny Ramirez, I was like, boy, they're in for one. Like I looked at my friends, they're like, like I just went dead cold in the eyes. And I was like, man, it's going to be a long night. And then halftime comes along and I'm packing up my bag and the the food I brought over and et cetera. And I'm getting ready to head back downtown to my apartment. And my friends are like, Hey, Chris, where are you going? And I said, I'll be damned if I'm going to sit here and watch Percy Harvin take that second half kickoff back for a touchdown. <laughs> and, yep, and he did. And yep. he did. And it just, you know, and it's, it's 
better times were ahead for the Broncos. But, you know, I'm hoping that this weekend that everyone in Broncos country can have a smile on their face knowing that the, the 49ers beat the Chiefs. I'm going to do whatever I can to will that into reality. I think of, you know, Dragon Ball Z and Goku getting the spirit bomb up there to defeat Cell. I don't know if you're a DBZ fan. I don't know if anyone <laughs> listening is. But it's just like that spirit bomb type stuff. Like, I want that to happen. And that's all the goodness vibes going towards the 49ers. I will, I will join you and send those goodness vibes uh, San Francisco's way, but only for this weekend. And, and, if, and if they're going to win, they might as well win 56 to 10. Man, wouldn't that be something? <laughs> wouldn't that be something? I mean, honestly, like, it'd be cool to see an overtime game. That, that, that'd be sweet. But uh, Right? Yeah. And there's yeah. only been one. Is, is that's a fact that's only one in uh, only one in the history yeah well what better time than now for a second i agree damn it but uh <laughs> yeah um so you know uh that's kind of what we have for you guys today uh just keep looking forward to all the off-season analysis that we were going to have here at mile high report a lot's on the docket as far as off-season stuff the nfl combine is only 20 days away from today so we'll be looking into that. Obviously, uh, other pre-draft pro day circuit type stuff. Uh, Scotty Payne's famous NFL draft tracker, tracking all the visits, all the meetings, anyone who the Broncos met with, he's going to have that covered. Uh, there's really nothing else like that anywhere in Broncos country that's been covering, uh, that does coverage of the team. I think that's like a unique Scotty thing. That was a great brainchild idea of his years ago. And that's always something to look out for. And we just have a lot of stuff on the horizon. I, you know, Jess, Mike, everybody with podcasts, with ideas, talking about, you know, hope and optimism this offseason so that the Broncos can be better in 2024. So we're here for that. We're all about it. And we're looking forward to it. The future is now for future Broncos. Yes, sir. <laughs>